And this is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast on which we look back at very special episodes of TV from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today. First try! <laughs> Andy normally screws that up. I fucked that up like seven times. <laughs> it's a running shitty it's joke. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. It's a joke that's been running so long, it's limping a little. <laughs> It's a little jog now. Yeah. So today, in honor of Thanksgiving, we are watching an episode of Friends, season eight, episode nine, the one with the rumor. It is one of the Thanksgiving episodes of Friends. You can watch the whole series on Netflix. The writer is Shayna Goldberg Meehan. The original air date, November 22nd, 2001. I feel like it's less in honor of Thanksgiving and more in, like, spite of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a quick you wrote what? Yeah, do it. Sheena Goldberg Meehan. You wrote what? What'd she write? Joey. She co-created mm-hmm. Joey. Yeah. This has been you wrote what? <laughs> Less said the better. Friends, um, of course, is one of the most successful television programs of all time. Truly is. It ran for 236 <sighs> episodes, 10 seasons, 1994 to 2004. The basic setup, and let's in case you're from the moon, involves five friends living in New York City trying to make it in the adult world. Monica is a chef. Ross is a scientist. They are siblings. They know Rachel, who works in fashion from high school. Chandler, who has some sort of corporate job, is Ross's friend from college. Phoebe is their weird friend who's trying to be a singer. And Joey is their dumb friend who is an actor. Take that, actors. Yep. Um, so let's talk us about this uh, show and how much of the show we saw. Yeah, I know yeah. what I said. <laughs> it's fine. Who am I, an actor? Um, so let's talk about our uh, history with watching Friends. Mine is very limited. I mm-hmm. didn't care for this show. When it was on? Or, or thereafter. Uh-huh. This show was running at a time where I wasn't really interested in watching sitcoms anymore. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care for it. Like, canned laughter started really getting on my nerves. We were doing things like South Park was coming into its own around this time. There were other better things for me to watch, so I did. And now, looking back at Friends, all I can see are the problematic mm-hmm. problems yeah. with it. And luckily, this episode did not disappoint. Nope. So what about you? When the show first came on the air, I was too young for it, really. And then the later seasons, I was in high school, so I did watch the later seasons in real time because it was kind of unavoidable in terms of like it was the show everyone was talking about sure. it. All of the stars were, all the the actors were mega stars. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knew what was happening in their personal lives. They were in all the magazines. Um, I remember watching it in high school as much as I watched anything sort of on and off. It's funny to think back because it was like, it was probably on Thursday night NBC or Thursday night probably television. Yeah. And it's funny to think now, like if you watched an episode, you just, if you missed a week, you just missed it. Like there Isn't was no place to then go and watch it when you missed it and or then, to binge the whole yeah. something season, unless someone had a DVD set, you know, which, which that wasn't even until college. That? My God. Yeah. Those so, things were stupid expensive. They, they were a hundred dollars in 1990s, 2000s money, which today is $50 million. It's true. So I, 
I watched it as much as I kept up with anything, you know? And then when I moved to New York, it coincided with when they dropped it on Netflix. Mm. And I was living in New York and I was like, I want to watch Friends. And, you know, and then I started rewatching it. And that was just a few years ago. And I made it almost all the way through. Part of it is like, oh gosh, there's so much, there's so many problems with this now. Complete lack of diversity, complete sort of like socioeconomic blinders. Lots and lots of problematic things around like how they treat and talk about homosexuality, any yes. sort of deviation from what would be considered like the middle Fucking of the road, cis, het, everything. Yeah. This episode has a phobia that I need help defining yeah. uh, because it's so like very specific phobic. But there's another part of me All right. that is like, it just feels like slipping into a warm bath because the comedy is just comforting to me in this way the characters are any show that is on the air for 10 years you feel like you know the characters like i read something recently that said our brains actually can't tell the difference between the relationships we have with people we know and the relationships we have with characters that we're like very fond of so even today what or so the title friends is more of an edict than anything yeah really it's not negotiable so even watching it with george orwell's friends (laughs) Even watching it today with my with my very um, uh, alert senses of like my antenna are up for anything that seems even slightly controversial. I'm still like laughing at the jokes and being like, oh, I'm such a Monica. I'm such a Monica. Oh, yeah. The fucking shitty one. Um, Wow. Here's the thing. Here, Here. Do this again. Do this again. Do this again. Say I'm such a Rachel. I'm not a Rachel. Well, just say it. I'm such a Rachel. Oh, the shitty one. Because they're all shitty, Chelsea. Not Phoebe. Each and every one of them. Not Phoebe. Well. The thing that the I thing feel about like she's just too. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. The thing about this show, and the thing about this show that I love, and she's gonna do it in this episode, is that when they get like very five white complainers, uh-huh. Phoebe is the one who's like, I I'm I lived on the streets. Sure. The thing I like about Phoebe is that I didn't appreciate her on my initial watching of Uh this show. I thought she was like a side character, and now she's my favorite character. See, I appreciate her for the the fact that her humor is pretty much the only thing you can consistently appreciate. I do enjoy the fact that she is of vague spirituality. I like the fact that whenever anybody has a rhetorical statement she answers it that's great yeah uh, i like that when she when whatever she says and i'm not quite sure how the creators pulled this off but it's whatever she says you accept as truth yeah so if she walks into the room and she's like well my turtle farm in bermuda went under yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're like all right i guess we're doing this then you know it makes sense uh here's the thing that i'd like to propose mm-hmm. um because we've got we've got our holidays you know yeah. all lined up uh i guess our, our October is for spooky and appropriate episodes. Our Christmas is for episodes that make us sound like we're on drugs. Yeah. Um, so I think that we should take Thanksgiving episodes, mm-hmm. which so far have been, I'm not saying anything about this one, but last year we did the uh, Pure Tannin Symbol. Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Brady Bunch. Uh, and their constant use of the I word. Mm-hmm. As well as just revisionist as fuck here uh, history, so I think we should ever every year uh, we should just rank which Thanksgiving episode has been the most egregious, insulting, <laughs> <laughs> the most problematic. 
Yeah. So like all of all Thanksgivings ever, what's the most problematic Thanksgiving <laughs> right. we've had? This one wins. Well, um, um, Friends, the show, had a very highly anticipated Thanksgiving episode every year. It sure. is a hallmark of the series. There are lots of listicles online ranking them. Okay. And this one, the reason I kind of wanted to do it is because uh, it in terms of when it aired in 2001, mm-hmm. it was this enormous thing for NBC because they had been teasing a high-profile guest star but n- made no oh. mention of his name, blurred his face in television Interesting. spots. Um, most media outlets correctly predicted who it would be. Sure. but We're not going to tell the, the audience who it is. Yeah, let's do it when we get there. I mean, okay. most of them probably know. Ooh, right? mystery. You don't. Um, they're... This turned. This was a major TV event and a triumph of stunt casting when it aired. This is a. This is a month and a couple weeks after nine eleven. Yep. Were we already returning to caring about bullshit by that point? I mean, I I think we were like deeper diving into bullshit. I feel like it's a, as a reaction to yeah. the the tragic events. We were like, "There's a guest star on Friends." Yes, anything. Let me devote my entire life and attention to this yeah. instead of everything horrible. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm into it. It's that Lauren Michaels, Rudy Giuliani. Can we be funny right. again? Why so now? Oh, in fact, I'm quoting from The Onion, which released uh, an epi- uh, which released an issue. I think maybe a single week after 9/11 which one of the the headlines on the on the front page was uh, uh tired nation longs to care about bullshit again there's <laughs> just like a picture of Britney Spears yeah. with like two like a, holding a snake or something like that and it's like well remember that yeah uh so sometimes it feels like that now it does feel like that now yeah, so, uh, so here's a podcast about old TV. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, let's talk but about before a goddamn we, episode. Before that, let's talk about the snack we have today for our Levi Petrie Memorial Snack Time Hour. Except he's still alive. Today's snack in honor of Thanksgiving is the Trader Joe's Apple Cranberry Tart, which is apples, cranberries, and warm spices nestled in a flaky pastry crust. I saw these and I thought, man, that looks good. And in terms of cool story, Chelsea. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I see things and I'm like, that looks weird, or I wonder why they w- why on earth they would do that. But this actually looked tasty to me. Just describing looking at things. Describing my motivation. For- You're describing what happens when you look at a thing. That looks good. That does not look good. Sometimes I do buy snacks that don't look good because they look fucking weird. And when that happens, do you think that looks fucking weird? Yes. <laughs> wow. I think, <laughs> folks, this podcast is canceled. <laughs> We're just going to talk about what happens when Chelsea looks at a thing. I'm really confused about what's happening right now. <laughs> Let's eat a snack. enjoyed this a great deal me too i'm gonna give these an a man i'll give it an a as well wow that was easy yeah very good there's no controversy here it just tastes like a delicious bowl of pie yeah and i like that it's got cranberries and apples so there's Mm -hmm. like a little bit of tartness and the sweetness the crust is really good that was really what did it for me like just the apple and cranberry by itself i was like that's all right but then you get some crust action Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. i wonder 
what they taste like if you don't heat them up. Because I did put them in the oven for 15 minutes, and it made the crust a little flakier, I think, Maybe. and the filling warm. So I, if you get these, I would recommend putting them in the oven and not just eating so them. So would I, because that's the only way I've tasted it, and I don't like taking risks. Um, we forgot to <laughs> rank the Butterfinger peanut butter cups from last episode. Give them a grade. What would you give them? A D. A D? Yeah. I would say a C being charitable, but I can get behind a D. All right. Well, good. We went from a D to an A, so we're at least partially keeping our solemn oath to do better by ourselves snack-wise. We are trying. I think the attempt is really where it's at. We can't, I can't be responsible for Butterfinger's fucking failures. <laughs> I've got my own failures to be it's responsible butter failures. for. Butter failures. <laughs> okay, so... The Ordinary World of Friends by season eight, where we are, is yeah. Rachel is pregnant. Everyone knows Ross is the father, but they aren't together. Okay. Monica and Chandler are married. Oh, uh, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's, this is so funny. The first several notes I have are just questions. The first one is Rachel's pregnant. Chandler is with Courtney Cox. Check mark. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Rachel is living with Joey. In Boom. <laughs> Literally the next fucking question. This is fantastic. <laughs> Rachel is living with Joey in what was for most of the series, the dude apartment across yeah. the hall from the lady apartment. So Monica and Chandler live in what used to be the girl's apartment. Joey and Rachel live in what used to be the dude's apartment. Okay. And, um, excuse me. And throughout this season, Joey is uh, falling in love with Rachel, who is pregnant with Ross's baby. But Ross ends up with Rachel yes. in the end. Yeah. And then who does Joey end up with? I don't think he ends up with anyone. I guess this has been Chandler off. and Chandler and Monica end up together mm-hmm. for the for the long the long haul. Mm-hmm. And right. they have twins by the end of it. Sure. Are those mm-hmm. twins just magically eight years old and like have little personalities? No, I think w- when good. the show ends, they're little babies. Okay. That's yeah. well, good good job, friends. Even though I'm pretty sure. Like, executives were like, but what if we go another three or five years? Yeah. I this- mean, Ross has a kid. Ross has a baby with his ex-wife right. in the first season. So but His ex-wife, who's a lesbian. Can you imagine yeah. that? Can you imagine a woman liking another woman? It's funny how odd they are about that, considering one of the conceits of the show is that Ross... His wife leaves him for another it's woman the in the pilot. Thing. It is the it's it doesn't make any sense. It's like if the show constantly made jokes about how stupid friendship was. <laughs> Could you imagine if we were friends? Hey, yeah. don't call me a friend. It's the third F word. <laughs> so that's where we are in the ordinary world, and uh, we have the call to adventure pretty much immediately. Monica is a professional chef. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. her time to shine. She always takes Thanksgiving very seriously. Right. This is why another reason I am a Monica, because I get very excited about Thanksgiving and hosting Thanksgiving. And in, in the grand scheme of things, I hope you realize that by calling Monica shitty, I just meant like these characters are written in a shitty way. Yes. You're shitty for different reasons. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, as long as, long as Friends, as long, you even imagine it? As long as, long as it's personal. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Monica comes across to the to the formerly dude apartment, which is now Joey and Rachel's apartment, to say Thanksgiving begins at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, I invited one of Ross's old friends from high school. Will Colbert. Will Colbert. Colbert? Uh, Colbert. I no. think like Colbert. Colbert. I'm done. We'll just call him Will. Um, who used to be a big fat nerd, and Rachel doesn't remember him. At all from high school. Uh, I look at this episode like we're setting a shitty table full of horrible ideas. And the first one is how uh, is is a heaping helping of fat shaming and yeah. 
uh, fat jokes and body shaming in general. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this episode. There's a lot of references to the fact that Monica used to be very fat in high school, and there are a lot of flashbacks in the series to her in a fat suit. Apparently, there were going to be flashbacks in this episode of her in a fat suit. There were going to be flashbacks to the guest star in a fat suit, but they never got filmed. But that was part of the original concept for the episode. I will say, like, a lot of uh, body positive places have pointed to the flashbacks of Monica as, you know, some of the most egregious bullshit in the world. Because it was just, there weren't jokes about it. It was just, you would flashback to Monica in a fat suit, and it's pretty much, can you even imagine this? Can you imagine this hot woman ever having been fat? Isn't that hilarious? Well, there's one flashback that that gets posted every now and then on like Reddit and some other sites uh, that's just, the flashback consists of Monica in a fat suit dancing, and the audience is going fucking crazy. It's also funny to me because it feels like a real missed opportunity because she's a chef and her whole life is food. Yeah. To be like, yeah, maybe I I was fat in high school because I didn't have a good relationship with food, but now I'm a chef and I like... I'm much more in touch with my body and I'm in touch with the food that goes into it and I've developed a healthier lifestyle. Like It would be nice if they identified a difference between being fat and eating anything ever. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Which exactly. Which doesn't seem to be their, their forte here. But no. look, we've got so many problems to go over. we got to yeah. keep moving. Anyway, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. This guy's coming over. Rachel doesn't remember him. And we introduce the B-plot, which is that Monica doesn't want to make a whole turkey for just three people since mm-hmm. Will, Rachel, Phoebe, and Chandler don't want to eat turkey. Joey complains about this, and Monica relents when he promises that he will finish the whole turkey himself. By himself. And leave no leftovers. And then also... What's wrong with leftovers? Leftover turkey, very versatile. It's very strange. It just, it feels like, like it's not. It's just like we need a we need a B plot or a runner. I don't yeah. even know if it's no. The, the runner the is whole... the runner is the football game. Sure. So this is this is the B plot, and it will keep going until the tag yeah. of this episode. Yeah, this yeah, dumb turkey right. thing. So Miles is it, actually the Joey of our family because there have been several Thanksgivings where stupid. I've been like, do we want to make a whole turkey for just oh. a few people? And Miles is like, yes. So then we get the famous credits sequence, and it, uh, you know, the I'll Be There For You song, the Rembrandts, and uh, it's like a highlight reel of all, of a bunch of past episodes, you remember everyone's old jokes and haircuts, and it's like a big hit of nostalgia right before you jump into the episode proper. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that Phoebe comes over and brings off, brings by Chekhov's maternity pants. <laughs> yeah, she brings Rachel a bunch of maternity pants. Rachel, by the way, not showing at all. This will matter later. But we all know Rachel is pregnant. We all know Ross is the father. But she does not appear pregnant to the Why is it going to matter later? Because there's a reveal. They reveal to Will. That she's pregnant. They're having a baby oh, together. Oh, I see what you're saying. I yeah. thought like it was going to be a plot point later on the episode where she's been faking the whole thing or something. No. I was like, this could whoa. No. Maybe I do need to watch this horrible show. That was Glee. Oh, fair enough. Another horrible show I won't watch. Oh, who's, okay. the, who's the Thanksgiving grumpus here? It's me. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. Act one, Monica's apartment. Thanksgiving uh, day. Yeah, Monica is, is bustling around trying to get everything ready, and Chandler mm-hmm. has figured out that if he pretends to care about football, 
then he can pretend to care about the Thanksgiving football game and not help out at all, which is a yeah. genius move. It is. It truly is. So every once in a while, he just yells at the TV. Oh, and so Monica's like, that's cute how, how into football he is. It's also very, very apparent that they've been married for last less than a year at this point because oh. you don't get the sort of like, I'm, I can't help because I have to watch TV. Like that excuse oh. doesn't work for long. It's like, so the, like cute, shitty behavior becomes yeah, like, just I'm shitty not behavior helping. I, yeah, exactly. So, so she's uh, she's running around setting up her tablescape and cooking and doing all the stuff. And then Phoebe comes over and Monica tries to rope her into helping. But then Chandler's like, "I'm doing this football watching ruse." Yeah. And Phoebe gets into that. She's like, "Oh my god, the Green Bay Merman, my favorite." She's like, "I didn't, I didn't know you liked the Green Bay." And Phoebe says, "It's only my favorite bay." Yeah. <laughs> so, C plot. This is our C plot. This yeah. little weird. Uh, we're not going to help. We're going to pretend to watch football. But it is funny because every every once in a while they're like, we haven't made any noise in a while. Should we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Okay. So now we cross the first threshold in the special world of Thanksgiving. There's a knock at the door <gasps> and it's the guest star literally crossing the threshold into their home. And it's played by, drum roll please, Brad Pitt. And the audience goes fucking ballistic. Yeah. It is like Urkel drunk times 50. They're as excited as his frosted tips are outdated. So frosted. Of course, as we know, he's married to Jennifer Aniston at is this point. Is he married point. at this point? Yeah, they're okay. married at this point, right. which is why a lot of the media outlets guessed correctly that he would be the sure. guest star. Uh, I wonder how many takes they had to do that. They must have used the first one, right? Like, people can't scream that loud the second time. No. But it is, it is 2001 Brad Pitt at the height of Peak his powers. Peak Pitt. Peak Pitt. Peak Pitt. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so he's uh, he's there, and the the audience it's like Beatlemania. They're <laughs> truly they do rush the stage. They rip his clothes off. He has to run in a black and white montage. Um, yeah, and in I feel like this comes up a lot in Friends. I know Tom Selleck did a bit, and then mm-hmm. Bruce Willis was on there. Wasn't mm-hmm. Bruce Willis dating somebody at the time? I don't know. Somebody was dating somebody. And that was the uh, fucking whatever. I mean, Reese Witherspoon played Jennifer Aniston's sister, and, and I they think were Christina, dating at the time. Christina Applegate played another one of her sister. I mean, like and they were dating at the time. Everybody wanted to be on this show. Sure, it's just it is weird to see. It's always weird to see is somebody that you think of as a movie star on TV. It's a different sort of in like, the nineties, yeah. early two thousands. The d- acting styles all wackadoo, and it's like oh, they're holding. He's for bad. Applause? Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, he's. A fantastic actor, I think. And then in this episode, his acting is so clunky, and you wonder, yeah. like, oh, he never works in front of a studio audience. Like, and this may be this may be an uneducated thing on my part, but I've always thought of movies as being the opposite of mm. theater acting. Mm-hmm. Like, movie acting is very precise. It is very like you know, you're definitely acting, reacting to people, that sort of thing. But the multicam. Uh, television shows are as close as you're going to get to theater. I mean, it's right. like there is an audience and you are playing, you know, you're hitting marks, but you're mostly playing to the people on the stage and it's all presentational like that. Right. So I feel like you get a solid movie actor into a TV show, a multicam TV show, it just doesn't mesh. It's, it's funny because I had a moment myself when they're all sitting at the Thanksgiving table and Monica 
who would be sitting on the end with her back to the audience yeah. is standing for the entire meal, like messing with dishes You're and things. Right. And I was like, such a theater convention of like, yeah. we can't all sit around the table because then someone's back is to the audience. Yep. Um, but they also didn't do the very obvious, like only one side of the exactly. table has chairs on <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. So anyway, peak Brad Pitt is here. Monica is like, Oh my gosh, you look amazing. They hug. They can't stop telling each other how great they look. Now they're both not fat anymore. Chandler is very intimidated by Will's beauty. Phoebe, I had to laugh again. She's my favorite. She sees him sort of cursorily, like says, hey, and turns back to the TV and silently mouths, wow. And then she looks up and thanks God. Yeah. Or tells tells God he did a good job with that. It's pretty funny. But then she doesn't get up from the couch because I was like, the self-control it would take to stay committed to this game ruse with that man in the room, Mm. it's pretty epic because if I'm Phoebe, I'm thinking, all right, this is not worth it. I have to go talk to him before Jennifer Aniston gets here. Okay, well, here's the thing. It is not just, I don't feel like helping out. It is, I don't feel like helping out with Monica's very exacting standards. Mm -hmm. It isn't just folding napkins. It's folding it into the shape of a swan. Into the shape of a swan, right. Yeah. Here we have, you know, the, the... the whole thing is kicking off. The first threshold's been crossed. We're in the, the test, allies, and enemies portion The storytelling of the storytelling, the rising action. and uh, honorary problematic thing is that uh, Brad Pitt's character, Will, says that he's going to be in a Subway commercial, which oh, did yeah. not age well at all. It did not age well. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, I've lost so much weight. They're going to put me in a Subway commercial. And it's like, oh, yeah, so you're a pedophile. Yikes. Uh, so we couldn't have known at the time. We couldn't have known. Mm-mm. So Monica tells Will. <laughs> Jared was a hero, especially after the events of 9-11. We needed Jared more than ever. Monica tells Will that Rachel Green will be joining them, and he is none too pleased. Yeah. Uh, he reveals that Rachel, who remember, said she doesn't, she can't even remember who he was, was terrible to him in high school, and he hated her. But hey, it's been a long time. He's in a good place now. He's rich and thin. Hey, you got any pies or cakes or anything? Yeah, fuck this moment, man. <laughs> He's like, I'm fine now. I want to eat something. And then he yells, yells at, himself at himself for, for wanting to eat a thing. And I'm like, this is awful. Also, this is fucking Thanksgiving, dude. Don't show up at someone's home Thanksgiving. Yep. Like, you're traveling for business. Go out for some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, salad buffet. If, I don't know what people truly, do on Thanksgiving. If, if you need to restrict yourself in your eating habits... And, you know, uh, if that's all the world means to you is like being rich and thin, congratulations. Don't go to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's your, your worst enemy. Yeah, truly. Also, he doesn't give any specifics and doesn't through the entire episode about how Rachel made his life in high school miserable. It we just feel like it. Uh, we yeah. just get the idea that she was popular and he was not. Just, but he doesn't say like, he doesn't ever say like, she made fun of me about my weight. Yeah. She told girls not to date me. She threw a sandwich you at me. You made like, my life miserable is all. Yeah. And even like his references to what he's upset about about Rachel now don't indicate anything. All right. Well, one of the many problematic things that right. we're going to talk about here. Um, but so, it's almost like we're supposed to just assume that because he was fat in high school and she was popular, that she would have been terrible to him. Like, how yeah. else are you supposed to treat fat people in high school? You know? I, maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's the we're supposed to take that leap into, well, if she was popular, then. Of course she was bad to him. Yeah. yeah. As is her want. So Joey shows up next. 
eating chips and Monica is worried about the B plot. Mm -hmm. She's like, how are you going to eat a whole turkey if you're going to eat chips first? And he says, this is like stretching for his stomach. Tribbiani's never get full. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep that in your back pocket. Yeah, right. This is going to be, this could be tough to follow this one. (laughs) So Ross shows up. He's so happy to see Will. They reminisce about high school for a bit. There is a funny thing where they're talking about how nerdy they were and all Uh the stuff they like. You know, all the nerdy stuff they did that made them unpopular. And, and uh, Will says, remember how into dinosaurs we were? Hey, right. what do you do now? And Ross is a paleontologist, yep. so he immediately changes the subject. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Especially if you happen to know that Ross is a paleontologist, like I did. Yes. I felt great about it. I was like, I understand that joke. <laughs> there was a whole article once that was about how, like, everyone shits on Ross about his job all the time when he has arguably the coolest job on the show. Yeah. A paleontologist that works at the Natural History Museum in New York City. Yeah. That's like an awesome job. But Chelsea, he's and they're a, constantly like, you and your dinosaurs. But Chelsea, he's a scientist. Can you imagine that? A, a scientist? A, somebody who devotes their life to science? <laughs> we, But we don't believe those people, right? Because they're all in league with the Chinese or something? Uh, no. The world was created 5,000 years ago. Dinosaurs oh, are right. a test. I see. A test. A test of our correct, faith. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I get see. it. Uh, it's, it's called the, the Creationist Museum in Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. Go check that out. It's actually going bankrupt because it's... Because it's, it's wrong? So, it's as soon as Rachel comes in... Will's whole demeanor changes. He destroys a dried flower arrangement. He yeah. hates her so. Yeah. Um, it's actually a decent bit of physical comedy. Yeah. He's he hates her so much. By the way, the audience, everything that that Brad Pitt says, Loving they it. love it. Especially when it comes to I hate that Jennifer Aniston character. They're like, whoa, That's my his goodness. Real life. Wait a second. It, yeah. There must have been people's arms must have been bruised from all the elbow nudging that <laughs> yes. went on. The audience is just eating this up with a spoon. Yeah. Ross is and then like, chastising themselves for eating anything, <laughs> anything at all. Anything at all. Uh, wait, was this dairy free? Uh, Rachel, meanwhile, catches sight of him and is immediately like, holy shit, that guy is hot. Yeah. And she says, he's really got that sexy smoldering thing going on. And as he stares daggers at her, like yeah. he's staring at her like he wants to kill her. And she's like, he's really smoldering. And Ross is saying to him, are you going to be okay? And Will says, oh, I'll be fine. I'm, I'll be fine. And Chelsea is beginning to doubt that he'll actually be fine. Well, I don't remember how the rest of the episode goes, Chelsea. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised to hear about the guest star. My memory is shitty. <laughs> I'm half goldfish. <laughs> Um, On my mother's side. Yeah, so they also... Go ahead. I'm just saying, Rachel tries to flirt with Will, and it becomes one of those bits where he's he's jabbing her, he's picking on Mm -hmm. her, and she's interpreting what he's saying as compliments, and it's one of those things of like, we both are confirming the thing, but you're not getting what I'm saying, sort of thing. Did did we ever fool around? Oh, you're unbelievable. Thank you. Yeah. That sort of thing. So they all sit down at the table, and because Rachel's uh, pregnant, which she hasn't said yet, yeah. she's like, can you get these, the whatever, bread products the away from The turkey and the chicken. She does, she's got a poultry version. That's right, sure. And she's like, move those to the other side of the table, which Will takes as, oh, you know, you move them closer to me, me, who's allergic to food pretty much. Right. And he's also like, Queen Rachel just makes everyone do what she wants. Da, 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 da. Everyone knows that Rachel is pregnant except for him. And they haven't thought to mention it to him because it's like not his business. Yeah, it's not. Um, but he immediately also, thinks this is about him. Sure. You know, that she's trying to fatten him up and make him eat yams and, and uh, rearrange the make table. Make him to, eat yams. <laughs> rearrange the table to her liking and all this. It's a weird, there's a weird moment earlier. This This part of this podcast isn't going anywhere. Where Rachel comes in with a plate of yams, and he goes, there she is, Rachel and her yams. 
my two biggest enemies. And I was like, hmm? you're talking about boobs? You're talking about boobs? <laughs> Those are yabos? Yabos, not yambos. <laughs> Yambo is the Indian version of Rambo. Um, well, they can't call it Rambo. They don't have rights. So- what in the world did you just write down? Like, what part of that were you like, I bet this is a good title. <laughs> Yambo. Yambos. <laughs> so... Yeah, he says, the funny thing is, he says, uh, my two greatest Rachel enemies, Green. Rachel Green and Car- Complex Carbohydrates. Yeah. So, of course, on the trivia on IMDb, which I'm reading up on, someone is like, actually, Complex Carbohydrates, when eaten in moderation. And I was like, it was under the goofs. <laughs> it was like a correction. Did you, was it on IMDb? Yes. Did it have a little thing that said, did you find this interesting or <laughs> depressing? No. Did you find this completely extraneous information? Would you like the person who submitted this to get a fucking life? <laughs> this is the problem you had yes. with the food in this episode? Yes. This is life. the problem you yes. had? Uh, okay. So, <laughs> fucking fuck. Uh, so, uh, yes, bullying isn't, I have this down here, bullying isn't handled well or addressed specifically, and neither is the reaction to bullying. It is like... They're having it both wrong ways, which is right. uh, you were a bully and, and that was terrible. I don't even remember being a bully, so whatever. And then he's like, but I'm justified in still being upset about it, just in general. Yeah, I've been carrying this grudge for however many years, further, 10 years. Yeah, and further, it's his his gripe with her is you are so self-centered. And yet he is like everything that you do is directed towards me. Right, right. Though there is a funny moment where uh, she says, do you have a problem with me? And he says, do I? Do I? And Phoebe, of course, this. goes, I think you do. I think you do. Which that <laughs> genuine laugh. Again, yes. Phoebe well, is the Phoebe, best one. Phoebe is the only thing holding us yeah. together for me. <laughs> so uh, we we skid into the, the end of Act 1 with uh, Will, uh, Brad Pitt, um, revealing that... Yes. He was part of a I Hate Rachel Green Club yep. that he was in with Ross. The man whose baby she's carrying. The audience fucking loses it. Can't They can't imagine. Cut to commercial. Absolutely. They're like, oh my God. Ross and Rachel obviously uh, have been off and on. Everyone knows for like the entirety of the series. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to have this baby together. So and, and the flashbacks have consistently revealed that he was like very in love with her in high school yeah. and never told her. So the fact that these two men would have been in an I hate Rachel green club. She just can't even, her face is like, she can't conceive of such a thing. Sure. And the audience is just losing it. So we come back in act two and it is the moment we left, uh, mm-hmm. where Brad Pitt has just dropped this, uh, bombshell. Um, Oh, there's a, and then we get our first, I'm surprised, first, and I believe only, a moment of gay panic for friends. Congratulations. Oh, yes. Where Ross has revealed that he's in the club as well, and Monica says, oh, is that what you two are doing up in your room? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm so relieved. Because could you imagine people being gay? Yeah. It's the only slightly homophobic joke in this episode, uh, in terms of straight up gay panic homophobia there'll be other oh, problematic things later there's more nuanced homophobia coming up right but this is uh i also want to be like yeah ross the guy whose wife was a lesbian mm-hmm. 
yeah, we know. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're making the point that maybe in high school he like had a gay romance, and now you're relieved he didn't. He yeah. had a gay romance later, in a way, yeah. sort of. He romanced a gay person. Oh, um, but the audience just thinks it's hilarious that there that Ross and Rachel went out for two years, and she's like, "You, you we went out for two years. You never told me this." And Will says, "You went out with her. We had a pact." Yeah, and the audience is just like bonkers. The audience is fucking. They just assume that everything we talk about here, the audience is just they're pit drunk. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So Ross tells Rachel, you know, the real reason that I co-founded the I Hate oh, Rachel Green Club right. is because I was head over heels in love with you, and I didn't know how to handle it. And and she's just not convinced, even though we know that's true because we've seen all the flashbacks. And she says, "Well, what did this club do besides just get, get together in your room and hate me in private?" And Will says, "Oh, we started a rumor around school. This was our big club project. We started a rumor around school." And Ross tries to stop him from elaborating on yeah. what that rumor might be, but it comes out that they started a rumor. That Rachel had been born, the correct term we use is intersex, Mm -hmm. and that her parents had chosen to raise her as a girl, but she still had a hint of a penis. Yep. Yep. Let's unpack all of the things, because this 30 seconds is the most problematic. So let's start here with, if a lady doesn't like you, that does not give you the right to be (laughs) super upset and try to ruin their life. Yeah. Uh, just that's that's only one part of this problematic thirty seconds of television. So that's step number one. If yeah. You so it's one thing justifying your actions, such as creating a hate club, right. <laughs> starting a a homophobic uh, rumor. Hate club is the prequel to Fight Club. Hate club. <laughs> you can talk about hate club all the fuck you want. You can't stop fucking talking about hate club. <laughs> this is your first time at hate club. You gotta hate. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, you're right. It, I hadn't honestly even thought about that angle of it. The fact that, uh, Will is like, yeah, you, you bullied me. We don't get the specifics, but let's assume that's true. Sure. So I did something to try to get back at you. And Ross is like, I was in love with you, but you wouldn't date me. Neither so I did good. this. Neither it's like, no, neither of these are okay. Yeah, absolutely. And this is when we talk about, you know, toxic masculinity. This is a huge one. When you talk yep. about the incel movement, when you talk mm-hmm. about, you know, anything like that, this is gigantical in that, that I yep. cared so much that when my feelings were returned, what else could I do but something horribly inappropriate? Right. And just, and ruin, ruin your reputation, mm. uh, not confront you, but do something insidious yeah. that you wouldn't be able to stop. It's it's so gross, and then it, it then the the laughs just keep coming, sure and she's like, uh, it turns out the, you know the survey survey the room. It turns out everyone at school heard that rumor. Even Monica heard it, but she didn't tell Rachel. Rachel didn't know this rumor right. existed. Chandler, who was at another school, had heard uh, of the rumor. Did yeah. not know it was uh, Rachel. So let's use the about... word hermaphrodite, which is super super problematic. Uh, oh no, worry. Rachel's going to throw around the term half and half in a second. Yeah, it's even better. Um, Rachel starts elaborating then about all the things that happened to her in high school that make sense now that she knows that people thought that this was true, mm. and then she storms out. And we cut to commercial. Did we? Uh, yeah, maybe not. Sorry. No, we already did. We're back okay. from the, the second right. act. So she, 
she storms out, and then we change. I mean, the scene changes. We the, go back yeah, to the B we plot. Go back, yeah, we've got to. This has been too dramatically hilarious. So let's go back to Joey, right. who we think has eaten all the turkey, but whoa, he no. turns it around. He's only eaten half of half it. Half a turkey. And he's like, why did I wear these jeans? Yeah. I need to change pants. Yeah. So who knows where this is going? And Monica says, you don't have to eat this whole turkey. And he's like, what's next? I'm going to be the guy that eats half a protein bar and puts the rest in the fridge. He's just, he's seeing a slippery slope. I don't. Might as well eat a Luna bar and then your penis will fall off. <laughs> he's a Tribbiani. He's got to finish this turkey. Yeah. So... I wish, I wish, and I wish that somebody, because I think that Brad Pitt is like, hey, eating all that's not going to fill the hole in your heart. It, but it's played as a joke. I wish somebody would be like, hey, this is problematic eating. Yeah. So everyone is in this room yourself. has a problem with, everyone in this room has disordered eating. Yeah. Clearly, Brad Pitt is terrified of work. Will is terrified of food. He's uh, not Pitt's in a healthy. Of food too. He's not in a healthy place at all. Monica seems. Did you to see be the a, sequel to Hate Club? He is jacked in that. <laughs> and angry. Sure is. This it's this anger times fifty. So, Rachel comes back with their high school yearbook, and yeah. she starts reading aloud inscriptions that, to be honest, should have clued her into this rumor much Somebody earlier. Somebody uses the term teeny weeny, which. I don't know how you're like, like... what did you think that was about? What did you think that meant? Yeah. What could that possibly have meant? Right. So now we're approaching the inmost cave. Oh Rachel wants Ross to call everyone from high school and tell them that the rumor wasn't true. And mm. he's like, why would I can't possibly do that? And then Will chimes in, tell them I'm skinny. Like yeah. when you call them and Monica goes, me too. Yeah. So we just can't get away from this body. Nope. So... Body humor. In order to defend herself, which uh, she doesn't need to, they've done the wrong thing. She's like, I never did anything this bad to you. And Monica says, actually, you started the rumor about Ross uh, making out with a 50-year-old librarian. And then the joke line is, you knew about that from yeah. Ross because it was true that he was, uh, you know... Making out with this 50 year old. by a 50 year old woman. Right. So now everyone is much more concerned with the true rumor about Ross than the fake rumor about Rachel. And the conversation turns from intersex sensitivity to ageism and pedophilia jokes. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sorry. The word concern should not be. They are seizing on the opportunity to make fun of something new now. <laughs> yes. And it's our old friend. Statutory rape, if it happens to dudes, is hilarious. Is hilarious. And this woman was a predator because she made out with at least one other student. At least. And we're just playing this whole thing for laughs the fact that he would have been 16 or 17 she was 50 she worked at the school and he is acting like this was consensual and she had lovely eyes and da 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 da. and it's all the audience is laughing and it's like this woman now we she he mentioned she's dead but like this is (laughs) which makes it okay at the least a fireable offense yeah and at the most even in the 80s this is a this is a crime we're talking about a woman that committed a crime do we not can we not think back to the the supreme court case of hannah montana be that nurse (laughs) yes uh yeah this is this is just it's just i like at this point in watching i'm just bewildered by like the whole stack of of horrible problems and again this is 18 years ago. We are looking back at shows from like 50 years ago that at least don't do all of the, the horrible things all at once. Right. It's a Thanksgiving smorgasbord of insensitivity. I had to practice saying the word hermaphrophobic. Hermaphrophobic. Wow, that's a good one. And it didn't even work. When I started looking it up, I'm like, well, I can't say this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Intersexophobic? Mm-hmm. Otherphobic? Intersex insensitivity is what I came up with. It's um, pretty good. 
I don't, I don't know what to in, say either. But basically, like the fear of something that's not exactly something you can define. Yeah, just being a shitty person. Yeah, I guess. that's that's really the, the whole yeah. thing. So now we're in the supreme ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> Ross is pissed. Unless you're me, that happened about forty-five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Ross is pissed that Rachel told everyone about his librarian romance, and he says he's back in the I Hate Rachel Club. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. Rachel says that what Ross did to her is way worse than what she did to him. And then the tension is these people have to raise a child together. So Monica steps in to save Thanksgiving. And her fucking, she, they might as well have just done this. Monica might as well have stepped forward and been like, let it go. And they might have been like, all right. Fenton years. Yeah. She basically is like... Just- even with the rumor, Rachel, you were one of the most popular girls in school. Everybody oh, wanted to be you. Yeah, and then and then what does she say about Ross? How does she how does she how does she land that one? She says, Rachel, if if Rachel hadn't told everyone about your library making out Ross, no one would have even known who you were. She put that you on the map. Put you on the map. <laughs> it should have put the librarian on the map of when I look up sexual of predators prisons, online. Yes, and the, and the, uh, the they, sex offender registry. Yeah, I should have turned into Sutton Valley over there. It's oh, an Arrested Development joke. It's fine. Here's my question. Um, oh, first of all, uh, I'm assuming we're just all outraged by Monica's, you know, placating bullshit. Well, what she says is, and this is true, you have more important things going on in your lives now. That's Can't very true. Can't you just let this go? And I don't disagree with that, but it's just the the preamble to that where right. it's like, hey, these were good things that happened to you. Being a shitty human being really worked out for us. Yeah. The rumor wasn't so bad for you, Rachel. Clearly, you still had everything you wanted in high school. It's only in retrospect that you are having problems sure. and uh, the opposite for you Ross in yeah. retrospect wasn't it good wasn't it great wasn't this great that that happened for you and then they they agree they're like yeah you know we're having a baby together which is news to will all right so this is where i got confused because i did not i i simply will not i will quit this podcast <laughs> before i have to do research on Brad and Rachel uh wait what's her real name Jennifer Aniston Jennifer do we not were we not doing celebrity names at this point we weren't because there's no Brennifer. No, because Brangelina was coming that as soon was the as thing. he left her. But before that was uh, Jennifer Lopez and yes. Ben. Ben. Benifer. Benifer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do a Brad and... Um, no. I can only think of her as Rachel now. Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you. It's, it's such We're a complicated name. again. Oh, well, who knows if I can... <laughs> yeah, Benifer. <laughs> Below. Um, so he's, so yes, it is revealed that Rachel is pregnant with Ross's baby. And Will goes, you got her pregnant? Are you guys married? And then he says, no. And he's like, you knocked her up, but you're not going to marry her. And then he starts trying to high five people. Is this a, well, is, he's like, it's like, it's a prank or something. Yeah. But. And everyone's like, no, you don't have any of con- any, no context for this. Like they've dated for, you know. But this has nothing to do with Brad and Jennifer, their real relationship, right? No, they were never, they never had a they child. They never had a child together. No. All right. No. It's he, not even like reversey where it's he had like. A dozen kids with his next wife. That, which does in retrospect make this joke a little funny. Yeah. It's like, oh, you knocked her up and didn't marry her. I married her and didn't knock her up. Yeah, it is. It, it is the reverse situation. But yeah, he's like looking for a high five as though Ross's game plan 10 years after high school. <laughs> 
was to turn yeah. Rachel Green into an unwed mother yeah. as the ultimate culmination of the I hate Rachel Green club yeah, mantra well, or something. And no one's like, no, I'm not going to high five you. But then Phoebe just goes in for the hug. She's sure. like, this feels exactly as I imagined it would. Earlier, earlier when they're talking about the rumor and he, uh, he won't say oh, what yeah. it is, she goes, Will, just take off your shirt and tell us. Yeah. Which, I mean, Phoebe's Phoebe just really, really holding yeah. it down the whole I, episode. I will, I will relent and say that Phoebe is really the most... She's the best one. If not only palatable. We <laughs> didn't deserve her. The you, show did not deserve a you Phoebe. You left us too soon <laughs> for that other show you did. <laughs> so that's the end of this part of the episode. That's the supreme ordeal. They're like, yeah, we should let this go. We have to have a baby together and raise this baby. And then Brad Pitt disappears from the rest of the episode. And we're back to the ordinary world of just these nice. people. Off to film a movie that will change the nature of... Course of history. Of us wooing over his actions in this episode forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's fucking finish this thing. Tag of this yep. episode is we go back and fucking Joey. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Before we before we cut out, Joey comes in. He's wearing the maternity pants. Yeah, he's like, I these are my turkey eating pants. This is gonna be great, which is pretty solid. Um, and if I may quote, bang bang and a bang 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 bang. That's how we knew it was back to normal. Um, <laughs> it truly was. I. Uh, it's the jazzy tune back. I will add that I was shopping the other day uh, for clothes and I noticed that a lot of these stores have out now very shiny material like velvet and crepe elastic waist pants for the holidays for women and I'm like guys we nailed it we did it is that working for you this is what it is now this is what we're doing now we're doing fancy materials and elastic waistbands for the holidays it's great it's like a public service I'm really into it so anyway Joey's way far ahead of that curve he comes back in with these well, maternity pants on. He sits down. I won't down. rest until Moo Moo's for dudes is a thing. <laughs> Do Moo's. Dude Moo's. <laughs> Dude Moo's. Um, so mm. he sits down with the the rest of the gang. The Thanksgiving table is cleared. It's just like the regular table again. And yeah. he's he's finishing off the turkey. He finishes it. And then he says, here come the meat sweats. Yeah. And uh, he's and everyone's like, are you okay? Can we do anything for you? And he's Can like, I'll be fine. Can we do anything for you? Are you all right after your self-imposed <laughs> you ordeal? You to yourself. So then Monica starts to cover up a pie and put it away. And he turns around and he's like, you just come here. A little sliver of that. Yeah. So he's still got room for pie, even after all And then of he that. demands that she cut a gigantic piece for him. And then... Womp, womp. And then he has a heart attack and dies. Weirdly, it's all a PSA about disordered eating. The entire episode. So we come back uh, after this and it's, you know, everybody's enjoying Thanksgiving and then they stop and turn directly to the camera and then Kirk Cameron comes in and is like, (laughs) guys, maybe you shouldn't eat so fucking much or just, you know, control your eating. And if you have an emotional reaction to food, maybe get therapy for that. I'm not being paid to say this. This is how I really feel. But I am being given a free meal. Check out my horrible religious film. Yeah, exactly. Here are a bunch of tracks. Bye. <laughs> so, so that's the end of the episode. Joey's still got room for pie. Yep. All right. Cool. Cool. So, can I just say fart noise? <laughs> uh, title of the episode: Fart, fart noise. noise. Yeah. So, in terms of just I, the small amount of research I did was basically around like how common is it to be born with intersex gender traits? Oh, thank goodness. Okay. And it, experts estimate that as many as one point seven percent of people are born with intersex traits. About the same number of people who are born with red hair. So it's not 
in it's not like one in a million but people. Again, I agree with red hair. We're not going to get into this. No, no, we're um, not going to talk about it. Intersex people may identify as male, female, no gender, or multiple genders, and they may express that gender in different ways. And being intersex is not the same as being transgender. And I'll share this link from an organization called Interact, which is at an advocacy group for intersex youth that has just like answers a bunch of questions that I had that you may have about sure. what it means to be intersex, which is like. Uh, it's just too common to be this kind of a yeah, an I'll, escape goat in this episode. <laughs> you know, like this kind of a boogeyman or this sure. kind of a thing. Or that woman. Would, boogie woman. Um, oh my God. That's my favorite parliament song. Boogie woman. <laughs> but it's they make it seem like, oh my God, you spread this rumor about this thing that just made everyone afraid of me and see me differently and ruin, you know, could have ruined my life. And it's like, oh, this is actually so... So much more common than you would think. It's like yeah. saying she has red hair. Yeah, look, the bar is not exceptionally high for this, but a uh, TV show that does this specific issue a little bit better—not mm. specific issue, but actually deals with uh, an intersex character—is the show Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seth Rogen character is dating a girl who uh, reveals that she was born intersexed, but had surgery uh, in order to make her. You know, like to confirm one gender or yeah, the other. To confirm yeah. a female gender instead of continuing yeah. to be intersexed. That's and it's it's you know, her advocating how normal it is and Seth Rogan freaking out about it because He's and then, the, the freak and she's the geek, I guess, no, in that episode. Hey, there's nothing wrong with how dare you <laughs> intergeeked. No, it's just it's a more it's a better look at it, especially since yeah. that that is set in like what the eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. We should do an episode of Freaks and Geeks. I the, um, almost any of them would work. Yeah. Uh, there's a good one about divorce. Ooh, we, we could do one about this. I mean, yeah. honestly. Um. So, Chelsea. Yeah. If you. <sighs> all right, I'll try to remember all of them. If you are trying to teach children about how to moderate food, body image, body shaming, bullying, reacting to bullying, intersex, gay panic, mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving, would you show them this episode? No, I would nope. show no one this. Uh, <laughs> for body image stuff, I would make them watch the first season of Shrill on Hulu, the Lindy West Very show, good. which is so, so, so Absolutely. good. Um, and season two has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. I think it starts airing in January. So this is yeah. a brilliant show, and Ad Bryant is Ad Bryant's amazing, phenomenal. Um, if I were going to uh, show someone a Thanksgiving planning special, I would direct them to any of Martha Stewart's specials. Very much so. instead of this. Uh, if I were going to, let's see, what else can bullying. I bullying? Bullying and just We've dealt with bullying. Before. We have. There was something else I was going to say. Oh yeah, I did. It did occur to me when. This is going to sound tangential, but I promise I'm going to bring it around. Well, I don't know that I can sit by and let you go <laughs> off on some tangents. When people talk, when people are wedding planning and uh-huh. they're making their um, table assignments, if they're doing like a seated dinner with table assignments, sure. I am always like, you don't want to do that. Just let people sit where they want to sit because you don't know what everybody's beef with everybody is around the table. Sure. You're not privy to that. And I have a thousand stories from friends. It's never, no one has happened to me where you get placed at a table with someone that the bride and groom don't know you have beef been, with. Been there. But well, you do. Yeah, I've been at and a then table it's uncomfortable. With, with people of varying political and religious ideals that, you know, 
made me just either be silent or yeah. scoff. So it's that, or it's like, oh, we all went to college together, but then something happened between college and mm-hmm. now, and yeah. we don't speak anymore, you know. So I've been there too. Yeah, yeah. right? So fuck? So stop doing seating arrangements at your wedding. That's what, one thing. But the other thing is when, when, uh, She's like, when Monica's like, yeah, I just invited him for Thanksgiving. She has no idea that this is what's going to explode. And I had a realization the other night that like in my 20s, there was a lot of like, oh, God, I got so drunk and I texted. Who did I text last night? What stupid thing did I say? And now I'm like, oh, God, who did I text last night and invite to Thanksgiving accidentally? (laughs) (laughs) What, What hath God wrought? Who did I say, let's hang out sometime? Which is fine, but who did I say that and then say, and I really mean it. Right, and put like Saturday question mark? No. no. I feel like I go through that every time I've got plans to do a thing. I'm like, who did this to me? Me? <laughs> me? Oh. Past me. Past me. Didn't you know I would just want to lay down? <laughs> uh, so yeah, don't show this to anybody. Uh, would you say, um, based on our you know now annual tradition of <laughs> ranking mm-hmm. Thanksgiving... The greatest part about having a second year is everything can be an annual tradition as long as you do it again. Um, Our annual tradition of ranking our Thanksgiving episodes. So far, we have the Brady Bunch Thanksgiving and we have Friends Thanksgiving. Which one do you feel was more problematic? Brady Bunch. Uh, well, this one didn't have specifically revisionist Thanksgiving history. Yeah, and I people assuming the costume of other races. Disagree, just by the sheer volume of problematic issues. So much so that I kind of wish they'd just been wrong about Thanksgiving and moved along. <laughs> I wish they'd just been like, man, Puritans were the best. Let's eat food. And it was just them like silently Didn't even talk. Chewing. It could have been Monica's birthday. It could have been any meal. Like they didn't do any Thanksgiving. I mean, except for football. There was no like Thanksgiving about the Thanksgiving. That's very true. Um, uh, it so could have also. Yeah, I think man. we're evaluating on different criteria. I'm like, which is the most egregious Thanksgiving <sighs> shittery? Our and you're bad. like, just I'm as just episodes like of TV. Shitty problematic wise. Yeah. All right. I think the fact that you each pick different ones shows just how problematic they both are. So the it's answer true. was... The answer is both. We were it's problematic the whole it's time. It's a tie. Did you hear that, Dumbo? You were problematic <laughs> the, the whole time. time. Also, you didn't need that shit feather. Just a shout out to the fact that November is National Native American Heritage Month. Hooray. There are things going on. Uh, the day we're recording this, actually, which is a couple of weeks out from Thanksgiving, there's a big powwow in downtown L.A. in Grand Park, which they have every mm-hmm. year. Um, and there are, across the country, uh, Native American heritage events going on. Absolutely. And so, if you haven't, uh, we are fine here in California. We're in the clear. But if you live in a state that still celebrates Columbus Day instead of Indigenous Peoples Day, maybe think about talking to somebody yeah, about that. Yeah, talk to somebody about that. Or just have or your just own Indigenous the, uh, Peoples Day holiday party. Yeah. And and fuck all those Columbus Day parties you got invited to. Put the eye in indigenous. <laughs> um, awesome. So thank you so much for joining us uh, for this Thanksgiving episode. And we hope that your Thanksgiving uh, celebration was fantastic. And you ate as much as you decided to eat and didn't feel bad one way or the other. Exactly. Fine, like people. you enjoyed yourself and enjoyed your life and you weren't a slave to food either way, maybe. And from hugging and learning to you, you look great. Yeah, you're awesome. Unless you're Brad Pitt. Fuck you, Brad Pitt. Fight me. <laughs> Hate me. <laughs> I think deep down you're really Tyler Hurton. <laughs> yeah, that took forever to think of. <laughs> 
Uh, join us next time when we watch an episode of a thing that doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving. Thank God. And we will see you then. Bring pumpkin pie. <laughs> pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box, where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. No, I have to write down shit feather now.